forgot my glasses. <laughs> I was like, I'm having a hard time seeing. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Venturex Studios, it's JP, Kathy, and the crew. Well, good morning. Woo! As, as uh, somebody who, a nice gentleman who opened the door for me said, um, Friday, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that this week for sure. Hope you are having a great day. Hope you're off to a good start. And i um, real excited about our show today. Um, couple of really good guests and um, we've got Brandy Braley from Legacy Preparatory Charter Academy. She's um, going to be talking about a great volunteer opportunity just more along the lines of our back to school and uh, kind of getting back to normal air quotes. I don't know. <laughs> how, how, however that looks. Um, we've also got um, Governor Abbott has just um, yesterday called another um, another um, a special session to start immediately after following the end of this current special session and we've got state representative jeff leach who's going to talk to us about that kind of talk us through the process what has happened has not happened this special session what hopefully will happen next special session um and how all of that works um so anyway so uh we'll have him on uh as soon as we're finished with brandy and then um i, I want to talk today about um and this is one of those crazy things. So patriotism and the Olympics, it, that just sounds kind of odd because you would, would imagine usually those would be words that go hand in hand. But unfortunately, we're in this woke culture where it necessarily doesn't. So we want to give credit where credit is due. And here at J.P. Kathy and the crew, we're loving uh, Tamira. I think is how you say her. Uh, is it Tamira? I believe is how you say her name. Um, Mensa Stock. Um, she is a gold medal um, wrestler. Um, I want to talk about her if we've got a chance, maybe talk about a few other folks who have shown, um, you know, great patriotism and have acknowledged the fact that they're very proud to be from America. So, which is what a crazy concept. If you're on the USA Olympics team, you kind of should be proud of your country because your country is the one who allowed you to um, take your talent to the next level and, um, you know, become part of a championship team so anyways we'll we'll have our two cents on that and would love to hear your two cents on that so um i tell you what i think we've got brandy good to go i see her name and we are ready for her beautiful face and voice do we have her on yet yeah Ah, there, there she is. Good morning. Good morning, Brandy. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. As somebody um, said when they got on the elevator, they're like, oh, it's Friday. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, I'll, <laughs> I'll take it, even though JP always busts my chops when I say stupid little sayings like that. He's like, why do you say that? <laughs> like, they're not stupid. I like them. <laughs> they're cute. Uh, there you go. Well, um, Brandy, before you get started, um, and we want to talk a little back to school and then talk about this great volunteer opportunity you have. But you are to be congratulated. Not only were you Teacher of the Year last year for Legacy, um, you have some news about, um, I was. did you find out at Convocation on Monday? 
so we knew a little bit before, but we, we got our awards on Monday at Convocation. Yeah, Love it. We got District Love Teacher it. of the Year. So District Teacher of the Year. How awesome. So yes. where's our applause button? Brett, do we still have our applause <laughs> button available? Because that, that needs, that we need, woo, we need like a standing ovation for that. That is awesome. There we go. That's what Thank I was looking you. for. Um you know, congratulations. That is just, that's amazing. I know you're so great with the kids. I've been blessed to be able to be in your classroom for a number of your um, programs. And what I love is you, first of all, you love the subject matter. You love the kids and it shows. Um, but you're so good at getting all of them engaged. And, you know, you've got, especially teaching high school, you know, you've got the kids who are eager, who know this is going on my permanent record. You know, they're wanting to get into college and, you know, they want to, they want to make the best grade possible. So they're, they're going to be engaged and active, but then you've got the kids who maybe English is their second language. So they may be a little hesitant and you're able to work them into the conversation. And you're also really good at the kid who, I don't know, you know, has that basic teenage chip on their shoulder and, you know woe is me kind of a thing and you're able to get them engaged in a very respectful manner so talk about your how you manage that in the classroom with having such different such a diverse background with your students yeah so I really focus on getting to know each of my kids in the first couple weeks of school uh, it really helps um, we use New Tech Network for a lot of our materials and they have culture cards that help guide us through different activities that help us get to know the students really well. And so we implement these in a lot of our activities and it really helps the students open up and feel like, you know, you want to get to know them on a personal level. And it also helps because I was at a smaller campus. I looped with my students. So I had had the same students for two and a half years. Yeah. And I think that's one of those things. There's that consistency um, in seeing that student over and over. And so you kind of can, you have a longer time to build that trust and rapport. So um, talk to us. You're going to still be engaged in the classroom, but you're going to be engaged in all of the classrooms um, this year. So how, how, tell us about your new position with Legacy and how that's going to work out. And then what, what volunteer opportunity are you bringing to the crew? Yeah. So this year, I was lucky enough to interview and receive the position for Instructional Innovation Specialist. So what I'm going to be doing is working with all the teachers to help them when it comes to PBL, authentic partnerships, and just really making sure we're having those engaged experiences and our students are producing outcomes that matter with the work that they do. And so one of the big pieces for us is we like to have all of our stakeholders uh, involved in our classrooms, whether that's parents, um, political uh, figures, community members. And so what we do is we bring them in to help us with our project launches, but also with our lessons. So we really like to provide authentic experiences. So for our students, let's say first grade is studying fractions, we may bring in a parent or community member that's willing to volunteer and use a recipe. And so maybe the students will make a pizza that day and they'll talk about fractions and that they'll work with making them from, you know, mixed numbers, improper practices, all those different aspects. And then they get to make the pizza and enjoy that. So we have that authentic experience to where they're going to remember fractions because now they're going to associate it with pizza or maybe a cake recipe. 
So just I, try I to make lo- it authentic. I love that. I, it, and I will volunteer to come in for the pizza experiment with fractions. Um, I will admit math was not my strong suit in school. So <laughs> maybe I need a little brush up on fractions. And I think I can understand them in, in the guise of a pizza, you know. Uh, well, I love that. So, um, okay, so here's the thing. We're coming back from the pandemic. We are um, uh, back in school physically now, and, and, you know, who knows? Um, uh, you know, we've just got um, so many unknowns out there. Now, I know mm-hmm. your, your campuses were extremely flexible when it came to making sure the kids were online and making sure the kids had still had food, um, supplies, books, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be. Um, so what do y'all have in place this year just in case, or do y'all have a backup plan in case there is a spike in COVID and, you know, all of a sudden you've got, you know, a campus-wide, you know, outbreak of the Delta variant or the Lambda variant or whatever the case may be. What are, and, and I don't want to, you know, we're, we're trying to think positive. We're so excited. Kids are excited yeah. to be back in school. The teachers are excited to be back in school. The administrators, everybody's happy to be back on campus because that's, <laughs> that's what the quote unquote normal is. What what do y'all do just in case? Are y'all prepared to go back online if need be? Or can students who are quarantined co- come so in via the way online? TEA has set up uh, its rules and regulations this year. They're not allowing any online schooling. Right. So if a student's out with COVID, we can give them our, their assignments to do at home, but we can't mark them as if they're in school based because we have to follow okay. what TEA okay. has set out for us as gotcha. We're not okay. allowed to make those decisions on our own so as of right now we're 100 percent back face-to-face okay. with no virtual option because of the regulations ta has put forth but we do have safety precautions in place we can't mandate masks but we highly recommend it and we have cleaning that goes on every day and in between the classes they clean them before the students switch and at night we have a cleaning crew that comes in and sanitizes everything i uh, and which is you know, I, I think that um, one thing that we've all kind of learned throughout this pandemic, and um, first of all, and I've talked about this, and I don't know if you've heard any of the shows where JP and I go back and forth on, we're just appalled by the amount of people who didn't wash their hands before. Like, even after they went to the restroom, I'm just like, what? Mm-hmm. what? Were y'all raised in a cave? I mean, just it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. But, but anyways, we're, um, you know, now I think everybody's so aware of, I know still, if I go into a grocery store, and even though now, you know, most people aren't wearing masks and, um everything's a lot, you know, more relaxed than it was, say, six months Mm -hmm. ago. But I'm so in the habit that if they've still got the wipes for the cart, I'm going to take that Mm -hmm. wipe. I'm going to wipe my hands. I'm going to wipe the all the way around the sides of the handle. Just better safe than sorry. So, um, you know, I'm thinking you've got a generation of kids now that are going to be the teacher's not going to need have to remind them like they used to about, oh, go wash your hands. I bet I would imagine there's mm-hmm. going to be um, hand sanitizer stations. Have you heard Everywhere. about? Okay, so is that at all school? Brandy, is that going to be at like all the different schools or? Um, on all of our campuses, for sure. Every teacher is going to have sanitizer in their class. And before kids leave the classroom and before they come into the next classroom, they'll be sanitizing. Okay, good, good. So, mm-hmm. so, um, so let's go back to let's talk. Take us through a day, and, and I'm kind of I'm, and I want to go back to the volunteer opportunity in just a second. But, but because you are so boots on the ground, and you were very involved with online learning, and now you're very involved with the kids getting back on campus. Mm-hmm. Are, are are there are you 
spacing the kids out or the younger kids? Do they have more rules than the older kids since they're younger and they don't understand as much? How are y'all working that on your different campuses? Well, each campus will have their own plan. The, the principals there are really good about developing those. Um, I know that specifically on the Plano campus, because where I did most of my work last year, the, all the desks were moved to where they were uh, three feet apart, which was the recommended at, towards the end of the school year. Each student has their own set of supplies. They have their own space. And they're really diligent, even the ones that were in kindergarten, about maintaining their distance. Okay, so that it is in, so then that that's another question um, where it's been very difficult for adults to handle this and um, come to grips with what what our reality has been. Now again, you know things have loosened up. Mm-hmm. Has it been easier? Do you see an easier job with like maybe elementary kids versus um, high school kids, or or does is everybody been pretty? Or do you feel like everybody's pretty obedient, or do you think it's kind of easier for the younger kids because? They're used to being told what to do. Yeah, um, I think our middle and high schoolers were really diligent about keeping their space. Um, We had middle and high school on campus last year, too, and they kept their distance from each other. I think some of them liked the isolation of being able to work by themselves and not have to be bothered, but able to, if they need help, turn to the person that's, you know, three feet from them and say, hey, I'm having trouble with this. Can you walk me through it? Right. Right. Well, okay, let's get back to this volunteer opportunity. And I think we've got, Brett, do you, do you have the information you can put up for Brandy? And again, Brandy, for people just tuning in, if you can tell them um, your name, your, your new position, and um, how they can get in touch with you if they want to volunteer for this great opportunity. Yeah, so um, I'm Brandy Braley. I'm an instructional innovation specialist. And um, we at Legacy, we like to have authentic partnerships in the classrooms. Right now, whether that's virtual or in person is okay. Um, and so what we do is we have a Google form that you can fill out to become a partner with us on both or one of our campuses, whichever you're more comfortable with. And in that, it will allow us to build a data bank for our teachers where they can reach out to these um, partners and invite them into the classroom for specific lessons so that we're really getting taught by the experts in the field who are boots on the ground every day working in this type of work. And so if people fill out that form, um, all that information gets processed into a data bank that we have and teachers are able to see that and reach out to them. I love it. So, okay, so we've got this. Can, oh, go, go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say, um, I have my email from work. It's just B-B-R-A-L-E-Y at LegacyPCA.com. And if anybody has any further questions, they're more than welcome to reach out to me. Excellent. So what, so Brett has um, on right now on the screen, just a, the very simple form that people need to go online and, and fill out if they're interested. And again, who is eligible? Okay, so you do not, if you're somebody who you really want to give back to your community, I really think a way to do that, especially now that we're back with, you know, rear ends and seats and, you know, on campuses, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, reaching out to your local school even if your your kids are you know older and they they've you know they've gone on to college or they're living on their own or you're a grandparent um or even if you don't have kids yet if you're interested in giving back to your community this is a great way so you don't have to have a kid at the school there you just have to have an area of um a topic that you've you're an expert on um that's that that's your area of expertise and that you're passionate about and then you want to share um, let me ask you this: If somebody's, um, you know, uh, watching the show right now and they're they live in Houston, but they would like to help, it sounds like there's a virtual option for them. 
there is a virtual option. Yes, on the form, you can select virtual only, and we can uh, do Google Meet to get you into the classroom with the students. Love it. Where are some other, um, so you've talked about like the pizza thing. What are some other ideas that you've got out there that um, where, um, or, and then I want to throw a couple of professions at you, and then you say where you would put those into place. But what are some of the other areas where yeah. y'all are looking for people to come in from the community and help out? Um, we're looking for any type of hands-on. So with our older students, we're hoping this year that we can have maybe somebody that works in uh, cars or auto mechanics come out and teach them our older kids to change a tire so that they're prepared if something happens. Um, we're looking for partners at banks to talk to our older students about financial literacy. We're looking for even parent volunteers to maybe come in and read to students or over Zoom read to students, just get them exposed to new people and new experiences. Oh, and new okay. Information. Okay, so um, so you know, if if I just maybe um, you know, maybe I don't feel comfortable talking about my profession, or I'm not in a position where I have something where I feel like I could offer an entire presentation to a class. If if I enjoy reading kids' books, I can zoom in and be one of the guest readers for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay, sign me up. <laughs> my my kids are so old; they're like, "Please stop reading Dr. Seuss to us, Mom." Please. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so so then that then that kind of answers my question. It doesn't matter what your um your area of or let me ask you this: If somebody has something mm-hmm. where they volunteer, maybe um. They have a um, they have a, a program that they're part of where they help um, uh, you know provide um, food for the homeless during the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. Would that maybe be something that you would be willing to have in in your classrooms? Yeah, definitely. They would they could speak to the children about you know giving back and philanthropy and you know what good it does to the community to be involved on that level. Love it. I love it. Okay, so um, talk us through. Okay, so I'm. let's say I'm a kindergartner coming to your campus the first day of school. What is the protocol with um, the, the, the new school year? Let's just say not that I know everybody hates the word the new normal or the COVID protocol. So <laughs> what is this school year's protocol for y'all, Brandy? Talk me through somebody who's a brand new student on, on your campus coming to a school for the first time versus the kids who are returning mm-hmm. to campus after, you know, a year and a half of being away? Yeah, so uh, over here in Plano, their protocol is that uh, all students will get dropped off in the front for the kindergarten, and the temperatures will be taken before they get out of the car just to make sure everybody's feeling okay. Oh, okay, and and let me, in. let me, I think that's real important what you just said. So, so their temperature, before they even step foot out of their car, They've got their temperature checked. Okay, okay, that's good. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So once they come to the door, we have sanitizer. The teacher at the door will give them sanitizer. And for kindergarten, we have another teacher there that will walk them to the classroom. So they will either um, go to the classroom if they've already eaten breakfast, or they'll walk through to the cafeteria, grab their breakfast, and come eat in the classroom. Oh, okay. And and so, again, kids are still going to get, especially the um, kids who – um, are eligible for, you know, free or reduced lunch, all that's still being taken care of. Yeah, so all okay. meals are free uh, for students this year. Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay, so you come in, so you, so if a parent's, you know, embarrassed to say, hey, I've lost a job or this, those kids are still eating. Yes. 
Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. What about, um, let's say I'm, you know, a high school kid and I'm returning to campus for the first time after being, you know, off for the last year and a half. How, how, how does that look? Same protocol? Um, you know, so yeah, how are y'all working through the back. Okay, okay. They come through the back. Temperatures are taken before they get out of the car. Okay. Um, high school, I believe, will be have more space out in the cafeteria and get to eat breakfast in there. And then they have homerooms that they go to. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so, um, and is there, how are the classrooms, like I'm trying to think how, how you would set up a classroom for a kid to be in there for, you know, what, the 45, 55 minutes, um, however long, how, how long is it now for a class? Mm -hmm. An hour? <laughs> we have a block schedule, so it's an hour and a half. Gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So how, okay, so, you know, you, we know that if um, a lot of times they say COVID is spread, if people are close to each other in the same proximity, talking and all this kind of stuff. So are y'all spacing the kids out when a kid gives a presentation? Yes. Do they stand up for, and go somewhere else to speak? How does that work? Yeah, so right now we do have that they are spread out from each other. And uh, in the high schools, we do have the individual rolling desks for them. So the desk uh, comes with like uh, a, a movable top so that they can have all their belongings on there. And then underneath it has a spot for their backpack. So that's their assignment there. And then when they switch classes, all chairs get uh, sanitized before they leave the classroom. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so, I mean, you guys, it seems to me y'all have literally thought of everything. We <laughs> tried to. Like, we are, we are attempting to do that. Um, let's mm -hmm. let's talk about what are you excited about this school year, um, and what what are what are your hopes for the different um, classroom teachers and the students? What are what are your hopes if if you could say, you know, if if we talk to you in six weeks and you're like, man, this was an awesome six weeks because what what would be your ideal start off in first six weeks of the class of the um yeah. of the school year? Um, I really, my real hope is that all of the teachers are really getting to know their students and I could walk by the class in six weeks and maybe the teacher can tell me everything about like every kid in their classroom and then something about them. Oh, see, and I, I love that. That's, and that's one of the things I like about the way y'all are doing your projects is you are, you can't help but get to know your students better and you really are challenging the, these teachers and then the community along with you, the, this community of volunteers that you're building to take learning to the next level. So let's talk about the vision for legacy this year. Yeah. So we're, you know, continuing forth and we want our students to be productive members within the global society. And so what our goal really is, is to focus our projects that yield outcomes that matter because the students have full voice and choice. We don't tell them you need to make a diorama of a volcano because it's your study. We, we start them with a driving question and we give them a project scenario so they know where, what lens they're looking through, but they have voice and choice on what they're researching and what their final product is to bring to the class and to the community members because we do invite those community members back in to review the project once they're completed. I love that. So it's almost like a, a judging, uh, like a situation. I know um, 
Uh, I was, um, I, both of my kids have gone to project-based learning schools, and, and I've always loved when I got to come in as a, you know, just a parent volunteer, and I got to ju like judge the beginning when, when the kid was, and these are high school kids, so when they were making their pitch for my project is going to be about, you know, feeding the hungry in this country, and or feeding the, you know, um, under, underserved in this country, and um, and they would lay out their project and you would give them guidance as far as, well, have you ever thought about taking it to this level? And have you ever thought about using this as a resource? And then I always love coming back at the end of the project when they mm -hmm. actually did implement some of those ideas that they were given and they took them to a whole new level, which I think is really what you guys are challenging your students, your teachers, and your parents and volunteers to do this year. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, okay, so for um, let's let's talk to the new teachers this year. So Brandy, um, and I and I, I love it. Brandy's so great, and obviously we've got a friendship and we've worked together over the years, and she's great. Or else I wouldn't ask her all these questions that I did not tell her we were going to be asking today. Um, but okay. let, let's talk about if there's a new teacher out there. They're starting for the first time, and, and I would imagine, I think back to my first year of teaching, and, and I already had so many crazy thoughts and so many things I was worried about, and am I going to be good enough for this? Am I going to do this right? And, and what are my students going to think? And all this kind of stuff. Um, and now I think, my goodness, I can't even imagine being a brand new teacher with all of the, you know, the worries and concerns. Am I going to be good enough? Am I going to be, you know, or am I going to do right by my students and all this kind of stuff? Because teaching really is a calling. Um, so if I'm a new teacher starting this year as, as a two-time teacher of the year recipient <laughs> and award winner, what, what advice would you give to a brand new teacher who, who just got their certification, just finished school? and they're teaching for the first time starting next week or the week after? I would tell them not to be afraid to ask for help. A lot of times as adults or going to the field of just finishing school, we feel like we have all the tools we need, but there's going to be so many questions or instances that come up where you're not sure what to do. I would say always ask for help so that you know you're going in the right direction. I like that. That's really good. Um, I, and I think... Um, I had teachers who had been there and done that before, teaching assistants who had been there and done that before, especially because I was a special education teacher. And um, it was so nice to have a great team effort where you you knew you naturally had teachers who would mentor you and they were happy mm -hmm. to answer those questions and um, and they didn't make you feel, you know, goofy or clueless for not, mm -hmm. um, for not, you know, for going like, oh my gosh, you're asking that question. They were like, oh <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. Don't worry about it. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, I would encourage those more seasoned teachers um, be kind to those brand new teachers coming in because, yeah. well, again, I mean, you remember your first day of teaching. Well, mm -hmm. it's a lot different when you're looking at it through the ideas of having been through a pandemic. And so, um, I, it, because all of a sudden you've got all of the things you need to remember and that you want to do your goals for yourself and your goals for your students. But, mm -hmm. but then Brandy, on top of that, you've got your school and your district's um, protocols for COVID. And you want to make sure, like, I don't want to be the teacher that messes it up and pokes a hole in the plastic that, you know, sets off the big virus bomb ticking or something like yeah. that, you know. Well, thank you. And again, Brandy, how do people get in touch with you? Um, and again, this is, I want to make sure everybody, we're going to reiterate this. This is an opportunity. You do not have to have a student at on one of the legacy campuses. Cool. You just have to have a drive to want to help the students 
and um, and give back to your community. And what better way, Brandy, to give back to your community than to to be a leader in the community and in a, a leader in your industry or in your volunteer industry, um, volunteer opportunity, and bring that to kids and open open up a, you know a new part of the world to them that you know maybe you change somebody's you know trajectory of who they become and what they do because you you were hands on showing these kids what you're passionate about. So, so how do, anyways, I, I love this program, obviously, as you can tell. Um, how, um, how can people get in touch with you? And, um, and are, let me ask you this, are there any spots, um, are y'all still enrolling on your campuses for charter school right now? Because I know a lot of parents have sought out charter school opportunities especially with the pandemic um, and then especially with some of the stuff you got, you guys have going on. So, so let us know about that. Yes. So we do have a uh, spot still open. All they would have to do is there's an online registry right. system at our, on our website and they would just have to uh, put in their Google search legacy preparatory charter Academy and it'll pop up for them. And then if you would like to get a hold of me for more information on volunteer opportunities, my email is B-B-R-A-L-E-Y at LegacyPTA.com. Perfect. Well, Brandy, we really appreciate you, and we look forward to you. Uh, seeing you soon. And uh, if you'll come back and update us maybe um, after the first, like, maybe 30 days of school and let us know how things are going, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Have a great weekend, Brandy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. That was Brandy Braley with Legacy Prep, and she, um, you know, again, two-time recipient of the Teacher of the Year Award, which is huge. Um, we congratulate her. Um, that's what's so great about um, about school is these teachers who really care, and then the kids who are just hungry to learn and so blessed to be with teachers like Brandy. So we congratulate her and thank her for being on. And now we've got a little thing called another special session that is coming. So, uh, Brett, if you'll let me know when we've got uh, State Representative Jeff Leach in and on audio. I think we can only get audio with Jeff today, so we'll put his we'll put his uh, picture up on the screen as well. I think I heard something, Representative. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Sorry for the technical difficulties this morning. <laughs> no worries. Hey, you know, I'm just. It's all good. I'm glad we got you on. It was such short notice, and thank you so much for for coming on. So yesterday, big news. Governor Abbott calls for another special session. And am I understanding this correctly, Jeff? Is it immediately following the special session we're in right now? Yeah, Kathy, and I hope you can hear me okay. I absolutely uh, can. Okay, good. Yeah, so, uh, so it's always great to be with you. and hope you and your listeners are doing well. Yeah, so, so it is big, big news, but it's not unexpected news. We, um, we knew this was going to happen. This is what the governor and all of the legislators down here said was going to happen. Um, if the Democrats continued their, um, their, their quorum break, um, many of them are up still in D.C. Some of them are vacationing outside of the country. Um, I, I can tell you where they're not, and that's where they're supposed to be, at work on the floor of the Texas House, doing the business of the people. And so because of that, as we said, the governor has um, called us back into a second special session, which convenes tomorrow at noon. And um, 
Wow. We'll do this again, and we'll do it for, for as long as it takes to get the, the work of the people done. Well, and, and, you know, and we appreciate you so much being on again, and I, I kind of feel like this is deja vu and not in a good way. I mean, we love it when you're on, but we like it when you're talking to us about good legislation passing out of the Senate and passing out of the House and being signed by the governor, and we love it when you talk about stopping bad legislation right now and explain to us, so if the Democrats— who I think some of them are even out of the country on vacation now, which I, it blows my mind. So I'm seeing, you know, all of our different friends like yourself and, and, and you know, and different state reps who are like here, back here in Austin, you know, trying to do the people's work, blah, blah, blah. And then I think of somebody treating this with such a dismissive attitude that they're on vacation while y'all are hunkered down there just waiting for them to come back. Again, help, help me with this. How... How come Joe Public, Joe Taxpayer, can't just skip out of their job for, you know, a big chunk of the summer? Well, the, the frustration and anger that you're expressing is uh, shared by me and all of the legislators here, but more importantly, it's shared by, I believe, the vast, vast majority of uh, the people of Texas who um, as you just mentioned, are on their way to work this morning. Who cannot skip out on their jobs? Uh, if they do, they know they're going to be uh, they're going to be they're fired. They won't be employed for much longer. But these Democrats who are uh, who have skipped out on work, they, they they have refused and are continuing to refuse to do the job they're elected to do. And uh, and I believe that the people of Texas come next election are going to respond and respond boldly. I think they're going to reject uh, what the Democrats are doing. And we're going to continue on. Make no mistake, we are, we've got our hand to the plow. We are committed um, in word and deed to finishing the job for as long as it takes. It's not a question of, of if. It's a question of when. I do right. think that there, there are some Democrats who are going to start to trickle back, and I'm hopeful we'll have quorum sooner than later. And when we do, whether it's next week, next month, or six months from now, I'm hopeful it's sooner than later so that we can get back home. Uh, make we're we're going to do things in the Texas House and the Senate to to make sure that this never happens again. Uh, oh, I'm rules, so glad to hear that. It's oh, just yeah, good for you. good for you. Well, as a, as a matter of fact, Elizabeth on our feed this morning said, you know, why can't they? And she put in all caps, lose their jobs. It's so disappointing and infuriating. She said, tour in Europe um, because they're going to use their money they paid um, for the, for the flights. Um, you know. Again, so you're saying y'all are going to put into place things. So, and this is this is and this is what makes me crazy. Okay, you weren't hired to work for the Republicans or the Democrats. When you're a state representative and you get elected, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, Representative Leach, you are elected to represent all of the people in your district. Correct. Well, yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. I, I am I am elected to represent 190 to 2,000 Texans, whether they agree with me or not. Right. Um, on any given issue, I'm, I'm elected to roll up my sleeves, not just to vote for them, but to advocate for them, to show up for work. Kathy, I can't tell you the number of times that I have walked into the Capitol or walked onto the floor of Texas House on a given morning knowing full well that, that there are fights that I'm going to fight that I'm going to lose. There are votes that I'm going to take that I'm not going to win. There are issues that are going to come up on the floor of the Texas House that I'm not going to agree with. But you know what? I've still showed up for work. Right. And, I, and I voice my, my values and I vote my district. And and then I then I am held accountable by my voters. And the fact that our, our Democrat colleagues are just – put the issue aside. 
But we could talk all day about how this election integrity bill that they're saying it suppresses the vote and discriminates. It does none of those things. In fact, it makes voting easier. It opens more opportunities for voting. We could talk about that all day, but put that aside. Uh, the very fact that they are just skipping work, uh, that they're refusing to show up for work, um, it should be soundly and resoundingly rejected by Texas voters, and I believe it will. I I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more. I, and I, so I'm glad to hear that that this is going to be one of those things that no party in the future can do this kind of thing where you just take off and you're you're you know you're you're. AOL kind of a thing, um, um, AWOL, what, what is that term? <laughs> AOC? Okay, no, sorry. <laughs> that's a whole different That's a whole different can of worms. But it's one of those things that, th- that y'all are going to be pre- preventing this in the future. But what makes me crazy, you know, for example, we just had a, um, um, a, an educator, a teacher on the show who was talking about a great volunteer opportunity at their charter schools. And um, you know, she was a, a teacher of the year, a second year in a row for her district, which is just huge. And I'm sitting here, and, and on our feed today even, we have a number of current teachers, teachers who are very close to retirement, or teachers in Texas who are retired teachers. Let's explain. So just one of these things, and to me, this is not a partisan issue. Let's talk about the 13th check that y'all had planned on, and if the Democrats would have come and done their job that they were elected to do and they're, that they're paid to do, then would would y'all have been able to pass this 13th check for teachers? This is a nonpartisan issue. So can you talk to us about that issue for a little bit? So it's, a, it's an incredibly important issue taking care of and fulfilling our promises to retire some teachers. There, there's a number of issues on the call of the special session on the agenda that, that are uh, strongly bipartisan. This, by uh, CPS, foster care reform, uh, tax reform, COVID liability reforms, some educational improvements. I mean, th- these are not issues that should divide Republicans and Democrats. And these are the issues, Kathy, that because of the Democrats' refusal to come to work, we are prevented from taking up and voting on. So with respect to the 13th check, we, we had legislation during the regular session that we weren't quite able to get over the finish line because our budget um, during the regular session was so, so tight um, as yes. a result of COVID and the winter storm. Um, but after the regular session ended, the comptroller came out because our economy is so strong, it's rolling along. Uh, we have uh, an additional uh, few billion dollars in unexpected revenue that's come into the state. And, and we, as the legislature, have said we want to make sure that we use that money in the best way possible. And one of those ways is to give it back to taxpayers and to give it to our retired teachers by way of a 13th check that they've been promised. Because of that, because of the Democrats' quorum break, we can't vote on it. We can't get it done. And so all those retired teachers right now that are frustrated and, and anxious about that 13th check, I hope they're on the phone to their Democrat legislators telling them to get their butts back to work so that we can get this done. I, I hope so, too. Again, yeah, and I, I picked the th- being a former teacher, that's one of those things you think about is, is this is, you know, people's livelihood, money that they could desperately use during this time in our economy is – I mean, it, it's being held back because of political games, and that's just – that's not fair to we the people. Let's talk about the CPS and foster care things. I, I know we've only got a couple more minutes with you, but that's another – again, I, I, I get it. The, I, you know, well, I don't get it. I, I honestly don't get it, the whole, you know, voting. It, I'm, you know, if somebody wants to make it so more, um, you know – if somebody wants to make it tougher, Jeff, to for somebody to vote and steal my identity and vote on my behalf, I, that's fine. That's kind of like back in the day. Um, I remember working retail, and somebody would be upset when I asked to ha- see an ID with their check. 
Well, it's it, if somebody's protecting me at the end of the day, that's all good. So I, I don't understand the political things. But you're right. There's there are several other issues other than just the thirteenth check for these retired Texas teachers who are so deserving. Talk about the CPS and foster care things. Again, this is just some common sense things to protect kids. Talk about that, and I don't understand. Well, that's not partisan. So get back and at least vote on that. Of course, of course, it's not. It's not partisan, and and the Democrats know full well it's not partisan. We've got um, hundreds, if, if not thousands, sadly, of children across the state that are falling through the cracks in CPS and foster care. Uh, we've got caregivers, uh, those that are employed by the state and those that are employed by third-party organizations or groups that are begging for assistance from the legislature. They've said, look, we, we've got ideas. We've got ways um, that we can improve the system. We need some funding. We need some reforms. And the legislature wants to come alongside of them and, and provide that boost, provide that funding uh, to, to fix the system. Um, and, and right now, again, because the Democrats are refusing to come to work on a bill that, as you just mentioned, all the bill does, it makes it easier to vote, harder to achieve, period. Who can argue with that? Um, but, but because they're, they're, they're up in Washington, D.C., they're showing up on MSNBC and CNN, and they're taking their selfies, and they're showing up with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. They're doing all the stuff in Washington, D.C. that has no bearing on their job here in Texas. And, and children and teachers and taxpayers and Texans, just like you and me, are going to suffer as a result. Um, but again, I want to go back to what I said at the beginning, Kathy. Um, we're going to get this done. I, I, I promise you, I commit to you, we are going to get this done. They will not win this fight. They, they, they can stay away for as long as they want, but we're going to be right back in a special session again and again and again to make sure that we keep our promises to the people. Well, and thank you so much, Representative Leach. Uh, you know, first of all, I've got to brag. I'm proud. Jeff Leach is my state representative, so I'm very excited to have him on the show, and I'm very excited to hear that passion, um, you know, in your voice that, hey, we've got to we've got to get this stuff done. We don't care what kind of shenanigans go on. We are committed to we the people. And so thank y'all so much. Thank you so much for that. And thank thank you to the colleagues of yours who are showing up and wanting to do the good work for us. And again, you know, work for teachers, work for kids, uh, you know, uh, you know, putting things in place for COVID. That all seems so common sense. And, and if there's ever been a time for us to unite in this country, it's now. So I, I hope that the Democrats who are off, um, who I'm sure don't listen to this show, but if anybody comes across them, tell them, please, please, please get back to work. The the good people of the state of Texas deserve that. And and Representative Leach, we appreciate you and your time so much. How can people get in touch with you if, the, if they'd like to say, hey, thank you for what you're doing, or if they have a question for you? I know you and your staff are so great about getting in, back in touch with everybody so quickly. Um, how do people get in touch with you? How can they follow you? Yeah, well, um, you, you can go to my website at uh, jeffleach.com. My personal cell phone number is on my website, our email address, that's the contact for my my staff, both in the district and here at the Capitol in Austin. Um, look, we, we are here to serve the people. This job is not just all about showing up on the floor of the Texas House and voting um, and, and, um, and speaking out and filing legislation and passing legislation. Yes, that's important, but also we are here to serve the people. If people have questions about COVID, about schools, about unemployment benefits, about what, anything under the sun that you think we might be able to help you with, call us. Uh, we're here to serve, and I'm looking forward, Kathy, to uh, getting our work done here so that I can get back home to, to Becky and the kids, and, uh, to you and to all of our constituents. But in the meantime, we're always a phone call away.
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your service. God bless you. God bless your family. And thank you for all your work on the behalf of us in your district and the great state of Texas. Thank you, Kathy. God bless you and keep up the good work. Thanks so much. See you soon. All right. State Representative Jeff Leach, um, not an easy job right now. You know, um, had was reading some information from Senator Angela Paxton, who was a regular on our show during session. And we may have her come on again during the second special session a couple of times to talk about updates. You know, the Senate was able to... Um, push out some of these important issues that that, uh, Representative Leach was talking about today. They were able to get those, you know, voted on in the Senate. But then when you've got members of the House that are gone, there's just work that can't be done. And again, they're they're not, I know they think they're, I I don't know what they think they're doing. Um, But to me, it just seems extremely selfish. You are elected to represent all Texans, not just the ones who are on the partisan fringes of society. And when you're talking about retired teachers, I mean, to me, they're thumbing their nose at those teachers. They're thumbing those their nose at those who are caretakers in the foster care system, which means you're thumbing your nose at kids. Um, I, I don't get it. Anybody else would, like we've talked about, and we've had a number of people chime in and say, you know, you would lose your job if you didn't show up. You know, think about these teachers who maybe they're nervous to go back into the school building because they've got, a you know, an underlying health issue or whatever the case may be. But they're going back on campus. You know, you see it all over social media. You see it on the news. They're they're putting on a brave face, and they're going back and doing the work that they were hired to do, and God bless them. I just don't understand how this group of Texas Dems thinks that they're above – doing the work for the good people of Texas. I, I guess I'm glad I'm confused on that one. So um, we'll go with that. Um, Brett, while you pull up that video of our um, Olymp- Olympic athlete that I want to highlight today, um, I wanted to um, um, ask for prayers. Um, uh Dickinson City Councilman H. Scott Apley, and he is also a member of the State Republican Executive Committee, Um, a a gentleman in his 40s with a new baby, with a wife, um, passed away of COVID just recently and just wanted to ask for prayers for um, his family and friends. Um, He will be missed. So many beautiful tributes. um, And his wife was asking for stories for people to email and send stories to her about her husband and um, and the good fight he's put put up for um, we the people here in the state of Texas. and and so she, you know they were asking for online information so she can have this to read to her to her baby when her baby gets older and and I just thought all that was so lovely and the tributes from so many people that I knew across the state of Texas that I saw on social media were so so gracious and such a loss and just just a heartbreak so the family needs prayers what I was very 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 disappointed to see and boy I wish I could say I was surprised um uh, this is a, this is a gentleman who had you know was was against the vaccine and he had his reasons for that, and there are some people who basically are dancing on his grave. And I just, at the end of the day, I I get it. Trust me, I, you know I've been involved in politics. Um, oh my goodness, you know, closer to thirty five years now. You know, I mean, well over thirty years, three decades. I mean, my the majority of my adult life. More of my life has been spent um, in service to um, the political process and everything that goes with that than has not been. Um, 
and and so I get it. You can take extreme views and you know really plant yourself in, and you know you can have your opinions, which is great in America. How awesome is that? Um, but when somebody passes, and um, and and especially you know him leaving behind such a young child, you know even even if he wasn't, but he is. I don't see how you can go and spit on a not even cold yet body of a person who died. Um, horrible, and I'm not going to even repeat. If somebody was to private message me, I'll send you some screenshots on what, what I've seen. I'm not even going to repeat what was said about um, Councilman and SREC committee member um, Apley. Um, I just, <laughs> I think that it is horrible. I think that's one of those things that you should check your heart and your humanity if you are able to, and, and I would say this if roles were reversed and this were, um, you know, somebody who was an active member of the Democrat Party who had passed and Republicans were jumping on them, but I don't see that happening. What I'm seeing happening right now is, um, and let's take the partisan politics out of it. I'm seeing people dance on the grave of a man who left behind friends and family that are mourning. And I just think at some point, can we not set a better better example for the younger kids out there who are on social media? You know, it's interesting. Um, JP and I, when we started doing radio together a little over five years ago, um, gosh, five and a half years ago? Has it been that? Gosh, I wish JP were here to set me straight on the day. I think I think it'll be six years ago in February, six or seven. Anyways, um, you know, we talked about kids and young people on social media, and we did lots of specials, had lots of experts in our on our show talking about bullying, bullying online and how it just needs to stop. And the sad, crazy phenomenon that I've seen, and I just, you know, just a few years ago when I turned 50, it, that's the first time I actively got on social media. And um, what I have seen is, you know, you go from the concern for these teenagers and for preteens and younger kids bullying each other online, and now I'm seeing the adults do it, and they're taking it to the next level. Um you know, is would you basically spit in the face of a widow and an infant if you were face-to-face -face with them and say, I'm glad that your husband or your dad is dead? Would you say that in real life? And I would have to hope that people would say no just because of the, the hu human factor involved. Um, I don't know. I, I really think you need to check yourself and maybe take a little bit of a break from um, social media if you're unable to. And again, what, what are, you know, my mom taught me, your mom taught you. And hey, good morning, Leilani. I know it is disturbing. It, it is very disturbing. Um, you know, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So if you run past a post and it's somebody who you, you're, you consider a political enemy, just let just let that post go instead of piling on and then encouraging other people to pile on and when somebody's making a kind tribute to a person who's passed then you know if, if you can't just scroll past that there's got, there's something wrong there's something wrong um i don't think you're very happy go go find a place to volunteer go do something get back to church <laughs> you know, open up the Bible. Um, just, um, 
any, anyways, I, I just, so I, I did want to say, um, you know, rest in peace, um, our friend. And we are definitely, um, the crew and JP and I are praying for um, his family and his friends and all those who loved him. And, um, and that's the right thing to do when somebody passes. So just an FYI. Um, okay, so let's go to, do we have our Olympic athlete if we have it i want to let me give me just a second do we have the video ready and i'll tell you when to play it hold on one second where is mm-hmm. okay so we and jp and i've talked a little bit about this normally we would be talking about because jp and i are both big sports fans um normally we would be talking about the olympics nonstop. Well, normally we would be talking about the NBA nonstop, the NFL nonstop. Um, and, and as you have noticed lately on our show, we're just not as sports heavy as we have been in the past. Um, and that's by design, you know. Um, I, I, I hate it when, you know, because when I watch athletics, any kind of athletic event, and I, and I love sports, love it. Love to watch them. I was good on the sidelines. I was good at halftime. You know, my dad. I think my dad's um, um, watching our show right now, so he can he he can let you know about my basketball experience. Um, he was like, oh, they were. He said he and my mom. He and my mom were in the stands, going, "Oh, it's a good thing she's still in piano and dance," because they're like <laughs> watching the basketball hit me in the face, and and I'm just kind of standing there stunned. So, um, you know, but I love watching sports. Um, you know. And so it just, it disappoints me when everything sports-wise becomes this big political statement and you start playing two national anthems and you start, um, you know, supporting people and showing them, you know, front row center on the camera if they're kneeling, taking a, you know, taking a knee during the national anthem and all that stuff just, it just makes me just not want to watch it. Um, and then the, you you look at the Olympics this this time around, and normally, and this is what was so at the beginning of the show, I, I alluded to this, but um, it was it, to me the Olympics always were like the ultimate in patriotism. It was like you know the Fourth of July on you know on crack. Well, that's not a good comparison. The Fourth of July to the to the nth degree, um, you know, in in um, hyperdrive or something, um, uh, and it was every day. It was just this big celebration and everybody was just pumped and so proud of America. And when we got another gold medal, it was just a big celebration and everything was awesome and everything was red, white, and blue and, you know, patriotism, you know, out the wazoo and just good stuff. But you look at this woke culture that we're dealing with right now. And I have to think that the minority this is, again, that vocal minority that, that um, gets reported on because the liberal media loves to report, report on the negatives and loves to talk about how, oh, America's so horrible. Wow, well, America's so horrible. Why do we have people literally risking life and limb to come to our country? Is that happening anywhere else? Just saying. Um, so when you see these patriotic moments during this particular Olympic series, it really stands out, and it really makes you proud. Um, you know, a, a swimmer who was on the um, stand the other day, and I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, JP, and I talked about him the other day, 
Um, and he was up there and just, you know, you could just see tears welling up in his eyes as they played the national anthem and he has hand over his heart and he was just so proud. Even though he had a mask on, you could tell he was just beaming with pride under that mask. And, you know, that makes me, I, I walked in and that happened to be on the TV when I came into my house and I immediately set my bags down, put my hand over my heart just you know because i was like oh this is one of those great moments where you can tell this athlete is so proud to be an american and so so um so proud to represent uh, his country in the olympics so um i want to play this video of this gold medal winner and she is the um first um well, well you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna play she's the first black woman in history and the second woman to win a wrestling gold in the United States. So that in and of itself is awesome. And um, she really has opened up this whole new world to female wrestlers because that's something that's over the years have um, female wrestlers have um, in high school settings have become more popular. And she's really a great role model for that. Um, I have watched her video, I don't know how many times, because this is what makes you proud of your Olympics, United States of America's Olympics team. And so, Brett, if we can put her on the screen and play her video, and then when she finishes talking, if we can um, cut her off before they put the other person on. We need to play her that video. American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. <laughs> love it. Well, <laughs> just by the grace of God, I'm able to even move my feet. Like, I just leave it in his hands, and I pray that all the practice, that the hell that my freaking coaches put me through pays off, and every single time it does. What does this mean for the popularity of the sport and for all the young girls out there that are going to see you and feel inspiration? It means that they see someone like themselves on that podium, someone like Helen on that podium, showing them just because you're a female, it doesn't mean you can't accomplish the biggest of goals. And the being an Olympic champ is one of the hardest things I have ever done in my entire life. Obviously, you know, we've been I love that. So, yeah, let's go ahead and cut that off because, um, the next one goes into something I don't even want to bring up today because I want it to be all about this Olympic athlete. Um, bravo to you. Um, she is, I, I want her on a Wheaties box because I will buy that Wheaties box if she's on there. This is who we need to take and highlight after these games. This is what you want to see. She's wrapped up in the American flag. She's almost moved to tears. She's so excited. She's like, I love living here. This is the greatest country. And then she then she gives, gives a shout out to God. And she's like, it's by the grace of God that I can even move my feet. And I just think, and it just chokes me up every time I watch that. What a powerful statement. If everybody in our country conducted themselves in the manner that this young lady does, then oh my goodness, we would go back to love, joy, and peace, and everybody be happy and singing kumbaya. Um, so I challenge the woke folks out there to look at this young lady. This is a leader. This is a patriot, and this is a champion. So God bless her. Anyways, you guys have a blessed weekend. We will see y'all on Monday. Um, we've got This Pink Cloud coming up after our show, and then... Uh, all kinds of reruns this weekend, a new live show um, tomorrow morning of um, 
Well, wait. We have the snarky parenthetical this afternoon. I guess we don't have reruns. A couple of reruns, but we've got the sn- a new snarky parenthetical coming up today. Um, this pink cloud coming up um, mid-morning today. And then Saturday morning, a brand new Kilroy's Conversations. And they're going to be talking about Olympic athletes who have served in the military. Um, and then we have um, Ask Dr. Be Good with her back-to-school checklist. That will be on Sunday morning. And then you're back with JP and I on Monday morning. Um, thank you to Brandy Braley, um, who um, is becoming one of our resident experts here um, when it comes to education. Thank you to her. Thank you to State Representative Jeff Leach. Appreciate the work you're doing. And um, and then then God bless this young lady. God bless this, this Olympic athlete. Um, champion patriot and um like i said you you put her on a wheaties box and i'm i'm buying that the first day it comes out love y'all have a blessed weekend